Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. How many ready for the word today? Anybody ready? Let's go. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. We pray that this is planted into the depths of our soul. God, that we don't just hear it. God, we do it. God, that we walk out your word. We walk with your word. Because the Bible says that you, you, you are the word. You are the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So God, we pray that you speak to us today. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen, amen, amen. amen. I do think you're spoiled with impact worship and you get spoiled to have all their music on all the music platforms today. Uh, let's, let's show them some love. This is a big day. This is a big day with another release. I want to start by reading in Philippians chapter four, verse uh, six, verses six through eight. Philippians four, verses six through eight. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Don't be anxious about anything. Actually, let, let, let's read this together. You want to read this together? Let's read it together. Here we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I think it's good to clap for the word of God. I I think it's good. Those three verses are better than anything I'm going to say the entire rest of the sermon. So it's good to clap for for, for the word of God. I I was reading this passage and this phrase, it just leaped off to me. And and, and it's this phrase in every situation. In every situation. It it really just, man, it it hit me. In every situation because man, man, (laughs) whoa, man. I have been in some situations. Have you ever been in some situation? Man, I have been, I have found myself in some situations that I couldn't get myself out of. I have stumbled into some situations. I have, I, I, I've been in situations I couldn't think my way out of. I've been in some situations I couldn't talk my way out of. In fact, just in November, I had a stroke and lost my speech. That's a situation. Some situations I've been in my life where I got myself into. Other situations in my life, other people got me into. Doesn't that make you mad? Like I was finally doing good. Now you got me in this mess. In some situations, you just, you just kind of stumble into almost everybody I know is going through a situation. I don't know if I know anybody that is not going through a situation, a family situation. Maybe it's a marriage situation, a situation with your children, 
a, a situation with your, your health, a situation with your finances, or I, I've, I have people in my life, they're in legal situations, custody situations, everybody I know. Maybe you're like me and you, you have several of those situations going on at the same time. Man, I wish I just had a situation. Don't you, anybody feel that with me? I wish I just had a situation. I've got situations. I've got situations that have situations. Like, if, if you feel that with me today, it just means that the devil is giving you everything he's got because he knows what you've got to give the world and he's trying to shut it down before it comes to pass. In every situation, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Look at somebody and tell them, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Tell me this does not feel absolutely impossible. Don't be anxious about anything. I mean, life is tough. Life is dramatic. Life is traumatic. It's, it's unpredictable. Life is scary. And, and we find ourselves doing the exact opposite. We actually get anxious in everything. Right? He says, don't be anxious in anything. And we're like, do be anxious in everything. Even the little things. It, humans are like, make little things big things. And we're anxious and everything. But God says, don't be anxious about anything. And you know, one of the things I love so much about the word of God is that it is there to speak to the needs of humanity. God's word, it speaks to us. It speaks to us. It talks extensively in the Old and the New Testament about anxiety, worries, fears. You know, one of the things when it talks about fears, it says, fear not. Do not fear. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not fear. Be strong. Be courageous. And I love God's word because it's, it's helpful. It's helpful. It leads me. It guides me. It teaches me. It corrects me. It encourages me. It's full of, con- did you know the word of God is full of compassion and comfort and answers and directions? I, I love the fact that God's word has the answer to all of life's problems. All of them. Every single one of them. Jesus talked about worry in Matthew chapter 6. I, I want to read some, some of these, these scriptures to you in Matthew 6. He said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Look at somebody and tell them, don't worry about your, your life. Come on, don't worry about your life. He says, don't worry about what you will eat or drink. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Look at somebody and say, no, nope, I can't do that. And why do you worry about your clothes, Scottsdale, Arizona? <laughs> Maybe you need to worry about your clothes because some of y'all don't, don't, don't even put on enough clothes. Let's just be, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you today. 
You're like, I'm a Christian. I just want you to see all the Christian of me that you can possibly see. Every inch of my Christianity. Like, something's messed up with that. And don't worry about your clothes. See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor. They don't spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow it's thrown into the fire, will he... Not much more clothe you, you of little faith. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the, you ready for this? For the pagans. Run after these things. Your your heavenly father knows what you need. He knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these, all of what things? All We just talked about them. All of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Let's read this last verse together. Therefore, don't worry. They'll be out loud together, preferably. Ready? Here we go. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Word. Each day has enough trouble of itself. Look at somebody that you love and tell them, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Look at them again and tell them, God's got it. God's got it. God's got it. Do you believe that? God's got it. Because I believe that. God's got it. I don't need to worry about tomorrow. God's got it. He's got it. He's got it. This passage, this passage is also found in Luke chapter 12 and This passage means so, so much to me. So, I mean, the Bible means so, but this passage, it it has a special place in my heart because it was a promise that God gave me 15 years ago, 15 years ago. I I was in this space of worry and anxiety and fearful about the future. And, and, and God gave me this scripture 15 years ago. I had a a, a nine-year-old. Kylie, who, who now is 22, just graduated from college, playing college basketball. I, uh, at the time, I had a seven-year-old. Now he's 20, and you see him on stage, walking around with video camera, getting all these cool shots every week. And then I had a seven-year-old uh, uh, boy at the time, and then I had, I had a newborn at the time. Jazzy, was, she was brand spanking new. She was brand new. And we had been a part of a church, not this one, we had been a part of a church for 12 years and we helped start it and we helped build it. It was an amazing church. And 12 years into it, God spoke to Natalie and I. And it was, it was evident beyond evident. And he said, I want you guys to resign. And, and you, you two were there. You remember that? You guys, Mike and Aaron, you guys were there, right? I want you to resign. And, and I'm thinking like, yo, okay, God, yes, God. You ever say yes to God, but you need some, you need another answer, yes. You need, I need another confirmation. Dude, like, part of the sea for you. And you're like, I mean, that's good, but God, give me another sign, right? And he's given us like a hundred signs. He told me, he told my wife, he's telling us from every direction, I want you to resign. And I'm like, God, of course, of course, I will resign. Let me know what you want me to do next. And then I, I will step down, Lord. Listen, I'll step away once I know what I'm stepping to. You know what God said? 
that wouldn't be faith now, would it? Now, listen, because I'm coming at this from a man of God. I'm a pastor. I love Jesus Christ with everything in me. I want to follow him. I want to go wherever he tells me to go. I'm human. I have fears. I have family. I'm thinking like, if I resign, I don't know what that means. I have no paycheck coming in. I have no insurance. I got a newborn. We need insurance. God, I, it's not even just about that part of my life, but I'm thinking this is my family's infrastructure. My nine-year-old's never known anything other than this. My seven-year-old's never known anything other than this. I'm thinking about their schools. I'm thinking about, and God is like, I'm asking you to resign. I'm asking you to resign. Your time is up here. I was looking at it, even though I'm a pastor, I was looking at it so worldview. I wasn't looking at it spiritually. I was looking at it logically, practically, financially. And God said, you need to look at this spiritually because see, sometimes we tell God to part the sea and then we'll go. But God says, go and then I'll part the sea. And that's what faith is. And so this very passage, whoo, this very passage, this very passage. And somebody 15 years from now depends on your yes today. Because if we did not say yes 15 years ago, you would not be here right now. Your yes will impact somebody else's life in their life in the future. And so he says, don't worry. Don't worry. Trust me. I've got this. I've got your tomorrow. I've got your next week. Don't be anxious about anything. But you know, this is bigger than just being anxious, isn't it? And my title today for you is that it's bigger than your anxiety. Your worry, your anxiety is bigger than your anxiety. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than what you think. It's bigger than what you feel. It's bigger. You've got bigger issues. It's bigger than your anxiety. Look at somebody and tell him he's right. You got issues. There's no, no lies seen. You got issues. No, no lies seen. You got issues. Look at somebody. You don't know them at all. And I know for sure you got issues. Tell them. You don't know them at all. I know for sure you got, you're hiding your issues, but you, hey, you got issues. You got issues, man. And, and, and worry and anxiety, it, it has issues that are tied to the issue. And, and I want to just talk about three of them today. If you're dealing with anxiety today, if you're dealing with worry today, if you're dealing with fear today, I, I want to give you three of the issues that you're also having to deal with. Number one is that worry is a focus issue. It's a focus issue. I'm worried. I'm anxious. I'm fearful because of what I'm focused on. All I can see, all I can see is the situation that's right in front this situation. And I give power to the situation. I give the situation more power than the situation even has because of my focus. I can't stop looking at it. I can't let it go. I can't stop looking at it. And worry 
is focusing on the wrong outcome. Worry is focusing on the wrong power and it is powerful. We take our eyes off of our savior and we put our eyes onto our situation. You remember when Peter walked on water? Say yes. Yes, I do. Peter walked on water. And if you didn't know that, Jesus did too. They both walked on water. And I'm going to share this a little bit because this is one of the greatest miracles. I mean, can you imagine walking on water? But let's look at this for a minute. It says this in Matthew chapter 14. It says, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. I mean, why not? Nothing else going on at 3 a.m. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, it says they were terrified. In fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them and he said, do not be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Peter called out to him and said, Lord, he's still not sure. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on water toward Jesus. Look at this. Verse 30, verse 30, verse 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord. He shouted. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbing him. He said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? This passage has got some depth to it. At first, the disciples are terrified. They're terrified, right? It's dark. It's 3 a.m. There's something, someone walking on the water in the middle of the lake. And they start tripping. Dude, you see what I see? <laughs> it's a ghost. I mean, what else could it possibly be at 3 a.m. in the morning? It must be a ghost. It must be something we've never seen before, experienced before. And they're afraid. And so Jesus spoke to them and said, do not be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. Okay. Now listen, look at verse 27 with me again. Verse 27. Jesus spoke to me. He said, do not be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And I love this because, listen, I love this because God's voice, the voice of your father changes everything. I'm terrified. And then God's voice brings encouragement. It's me. It's me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. God's word. Listen, impact family. God's word changes everything. I was afraid, but I heard my father's voice. This is why we need to hear the word of God. This is why we need to hear and read and study the Bible, the word of God. I was afraid, but I heard my father's voice in God's voice. It instills comfort in God's voice and instills courage. So Peter's now comforted and he's calm and his courage is rising so much so that he goes from being terrified to courageous and he steps out of the boat and he starts miraculously walking on water. But verse 30. But when he saw the wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. 
Strong wind. It says the word strong. The strong winds and the waves. These winds are powerful. Your situation, it's powerful. The situation that you're in right now, it is powerful. It is scary. It is terrifying. That's why focus has everything to do with this. Peter goes from coward, imagine, to courageous, to coward again. All within the same moment. <laughs> you feel that? I feel that. I'm freaking out. No, I'm good. God is good. God's good. I'm freaking out again. God's good. No, God's got this. I'm freaking out. God, I don't know if this God, I'm freaking out. No, I got faith. God's going to, I don't know if God's going to do this. You feel that, right? This is Peter. Peter goes from terrified to walking on water to terrified again. But what happened? What happened? What happened to his faith? What happened? He had courage for a minute. What happened to his courage? Where did his courage go? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Look at the first four words in verse 30. First four words. But when he saw. What happened? His focus changed. His focus changed. But when he saw. I want to drag you back all the way back to verse 26 because the same thing. It's the same thing. Verse 26. Look what it says. When the disciples saw. When they saw him walking on water, they were terrified. They were good until they saw something that freaked them out. Peter was good, had full of courage. He's walking on water until he saw something that freaked him out. In my worry, it's tied to my focus. It's tied to my focus. How many of you like to golf? Any golfers? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're a golfer. Golfer. If anybody is a golfer, raise your hand, I said. Keep it up. I didn't say raise and put it down. Okay, there's some good golfers in here. You good golf? Who's actually a good golfer? Like, raise your hand. You're good. You're good. Okay, who's not good? Raise your hand. You golf, though. Okay, see, you ever been at the golf course? This, this is how I golf. You're at the golf course, and my golf game consists of one baseball swing the whole time. That's it. And I get out there and I can do all the little shimmying and get everything. And, and I, and then what happens is there's water. There's a lake. There's a little golf pond. And what, what am I doing? Don't hit, don't hit the ball in the water, Travis. Don't hit the ball in the water. Don't hit. I'm not hitting the ball in the water. I am not hit. It is like a magnet. I swing. And that thing just goes. Right in the water. That's, that's focus. If there's no water, I drive it right down the center of the fairway. Truly. If there's no water. So I get up to the next one. I'm like, my gosh, don't hit the water again. It, it's a focus issue. Peter's freaking out. It's a ghost. But then he hears God's voice, God's word. Then he freaks out again. And I'm listening to my own voice and my own voice and the enemy's voice. And all of a sudden I'm like, dude, what are you doing out here? Peter, like, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? You're going to sink. You're going to die. You're going to drown right here in this water. And my question to you today is, what are you seeing? What are you focused on? Because worry is tied to your focus. Listen, this, this is the depths of this right here. Focus is not only about what you see. It's also about what you choose not to see. Focus 
It's what I, I also choose not to see. Focus is about what you give your mind to, but it's also about what I'm not going, what I am not, I am not going to give my mind to. I was in Atlanta this last, uh, well, yesterday, Friday and Saturday watching. Uh, we have a, a family in our church that they've been a part of our church for years. And the, this, this kid's the number one ranked quarterback in the nation, Dylan. And so I went to support him, me and my son. And I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the, in the, in the, wherever I was, I was sitting there. <laughs> I just remembered it was a hotel. It's, it's not my room, but like where we were eating in the little club area and, 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 and the news was on this, this, this is how our world is today. This me and Jojo sitting there eating some breakfast and there's this, there's two TVs, this TV and that TV, this TV, it has CNN news on it. You know what that TV had on it? Fox. <laughs> I mean, that's where it is. We're all polarized and paralyzed in this day and age. We're like playing to the audience of many. And so, but I, have, I don't listen to the news. I, don't, I have not listened to national news. And I can't tell you how. I mean, I cannot tell you how long. I don't listen to the news. I, in the, in, but I had to. And all I heard was fear, 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 whole time, whole time, fear, 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 fear. Well, what are you giving your mind to? You can be giving your mind to bad news if you're not intentional about it. And so you've got to fix, you've got to fix your mind. This is what the word of God says. Set your mind, fix your minds. Colossians chapter three, verse two, set your mind, fix your minds on Things above, not on earthly things. This is why the last part of that Philippians 4, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. This is all about your thought process. This is all about your focus. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, that's what you think about. Think about those things. Think about those things. We got more issues. Issue number two, worry. Worry is the trust issue. Tell somebody you got trust issues. I know it. I'm sure of it. Lord told me. Tell them the Lord told me. Y'all know this scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. We could, we could reverse this verse. You know why some of your paths been so crooked lately? That's a different sermon. But some of y'all paths been so crooked, you don't acknowledge them in anything. You don't trust them. You don't trust in the Lord. You trust in yourself. You have trust issues. I like this verse. I like how the word Lord is capitalized right here. Trust in the Lord. Not, not yourself. Trust in God. When you're obsessively worried about a situation, we've all been there. Don't act like you've never been here. When you're obsessively worrying about a situation, you're telling God, I don't trust you. It's a trust issue. And he gives, he gives you not once, unfortunately, over and again, trust tests, trust tests. 
Trust test. Here's the trust test. I want to see if you trust me. Remember God asked Abraham to do the unthinkable. Abraham, now that you finally got your son, that I promise you, I want you to take him and sacrifice him. God was testing his trust. This was a test trust, a test of his love, a test of his loyalty, a test of his obedience. We all know that we, we all know the end of the story, but Abraham didn't. We know the end. Abraham was obedient. He takes his son up to the top of the mountain and he straps him down and he's about to sacrifice his son. And right before he sacrifices his son, God shouts, Abraham, Abraham, don't lay a finger on the boy. And God provided a ram in the thicket as a sacrifice. Listen. You say, why would God do that? God was never going to do that. God, God never, God never intended, never intended for Abraham to hurt his son. Never. The ram was already ready. This was a, this was a trust test. I'm going to test my, your, your love for me, my, your loyalty, your obedience. This is a, tr- a trust test of faith, of, of obedience. And remember, God provided Remember, this is where we get this, this, these two words, Jehovah Jireh. God provided Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider. Psalm 50 verse 15. I didn't put this in your, in, in your notes today, but, but I, I want to read it to you. He says, I want, I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so that I can reuse and you can give me glory. Trust me. This is about, this is about me doing what I do and you get out of the way. And you know what? It's easy to trust God when times are good. I'm just trusting God. That's because life is good. It's trusting God, brother. No, no. When you're broke, when you're laid open, when your soul is stinging because you don't know when it's easy to trust God, when things are going good, when relationships are good, when your kids are good, when business is good. When there ain't no drama in the family. Does anybody have a family like that, by the way? If you do, can I join yours? Like, there ain't no drama in the family. The true test is when all hell breaks loose. When you're thrown into the fire, that's when you're truly tested. And we need to learn to trust God. God, I trust you with my pain. God, I trust you with my problems. God, I trust you with my addiction. God, I trust you with my failure. God, I trust you with this resentment. God, I trust you. God, in this moment, I need you to handle this situation. I trust you with my marriage. I trust you with my healing. I trust you with my fears. I trust you with provision and protection. God, I lean not. I lean not on my own understanding because my own understanding terrifies me it lies to me do you know that your own understanding lies to you you've never had a truthful understanding of anything do you know why because your understanding you're biased about yourself we we want we want the best and we're in protect ourselves mode so i've never had i've never had a pure when it comes to my own situation, I never have, it lies to me. My own understanding, it, it leaves me hopeless. So I'm not going to trust in the wrong power. I'm not going to trust in the situation. Uh, th- there's another verse I didn't add into your notes, but, but here it is. It's Jeremiah 17 verse 7. This is from the New Living Translation. Jeremiah 
17 and 7. He says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made him their hope and confidence. You know that worry is a thief. Worry is a thief. Worry will steal tomorrow from you today. Worry is a thief. You ever heard that, that, that statement? It, it said, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. And I'm still here, baby. And I'm still, I'm still getting along. I'm at church this morning. Worries. Interesting to me, the, the actual root word. I like root words. I, I like words. I'm kind of a words dude. But worry comes, our word worry comes from this old English word. That's, it's called worrying. Like I'm worrying. W-O-R-I-E-N. It's old, old English. Comes from, come, come, from, come from this word. And this is what it means. It mean, it, listen to this. This is what it means. In the old English, it means to slay, to kill, to injure, to bite by shaking. To strangle or to choke. Tell me that is not a great description of worry. Because worry, it shakes you. Anxiety, it shakes you. I feel suffocated. I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I'm getting strangled. I feel like I'm getting choked. Worry, it strangles the life right out of you. It will squeeze the life right out of you. Some people worry so much that their body literally trembles. Worry can make you sick, physically sick. Worry can squeeze the hope and the belief right out of you. Worry can squeeze the joy right out of you. It can make you emotionally frazzled and unstable. Worry can make you mentally crazy. Listen, for some of you today, your worry is destroying your life. Your worry might even be destroying other people's lives. Your worry, your worry can destroy your marriage. Your worry can destroy your child. Worry can be a sin. There's a crazy thought. You say, I could worry be a sin. If you are worried to the point that it leads you to not trusting in God, that's a sin. That would be a sin. Jesus said this. I thought this was interesting how he says, because Jesus don't play. In Matthew 18, 9, he said, if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Dude. <laughs> and if we took that literally, we'd all be in here next week with the gouged eyeball out. Every one of us. We all be walking in here like, yo, you too, man. <laughs> yeah, what, what was your deal? Ah, <laughs> greed, materialism. What was your deal? Lust. <laughs> well, I could have told you that just by looking at you. You look... A little creepy, honestly. <laughs> if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. 
And he says, it's better for you to enter life with one eye than two eyes and to be thrown into hellfire. What is he saying? He, he's simply put, it would be wise of you to set yourself up for success. I think we usually think about this verse in the physical. Oh yeah, if you're looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at. You need to take your eye out. But it can, but it can also be emotional, mental. What are you seeing? What are you believing? God's power, God's promise, God's voice, or the waves and the winds. Listen, Peter's walking on water and then he changes his focus and his trust is being tested and then his mind is redirected and he's trusting in the wrong superpower, the wrong strength, and he starts to sink. Verse 31, it says, Jesus immediately, and I love that we have an immediate God. I love that God is an immediate response to our prayers, to our needs, to our pain, to our fears. And then immediately, reached, he reached out and he grabbed him. And he said, you have a little faith. Listen, why did you doubt me? This is important. This is important. This is important. Jesus didn't say, Jesus didn't say, why are you afraid of the wind and the waves? He said, why did you doubt me? That's a trust issue. That's a trust issue. What are you trusting in this situation? Who are you trusting with your tomorrow? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God and the peace of God. Somebody say the peace of God. The peace of God. Which transcends all understanding. Doesn't make sense. God's peace doesn't make sense. I'm going through hell, but I'm, I got peace. I got peace. Well, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Present your requests. Present your request. Give them away. Give them to God. God, I'm going to give this. God, I'm laying this down at your feet. And I'm trusting you with it. And I'm not coming back. And I'm not picking it up ever again. This one is on you. I'm giving every bit of it to you. Num num number three. Don't worry. You got one more issue. Hold on. Your third issue is that worry is a control issue. <laughs> Tell someone you've got control issues. Is anybody honest enough in church on 8.30 a.m. service right here in Scottsdale, Arizona? Is anybody honest enough to admit that you're a control freak? Raise your hand. Actually, stand up. If you're a control freak, stand up. Stand up. God is good. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this honest church service right here. This might be the controlling service. I'll have to let you know how the next two go. You, you can sit down. And I know for a fact, some of y'all control freaks didn't even want to stand up because you don't know what I'm going to do after that. You're like, what's going to happen though? What's going to happen though? What's going to happen? I need to know before I know. It, if you're a control freak, I came to set you free. Wouldn't that be nice to be free? If, if you're a control freak, I just want you to know, you've never been in control of anything ever a single day in your life. Never. Never. So 
let go of what you don't actually have and be free. Be free. Be, be free. There. Feel better? I fixed it. Feel better? God is in control. God is in control. He's sitting on the throne. He has not left the throne. He's still ruling the world. The same God who created the galaxies. The same God who created the earth. The same God who hung the sun and the moon up in the air. The same God that spoke and breathed life. And breathed life into humanity. That same God. He's still in control of your life. And your situations. And your outcomes. In 2 Chronicles 29, 11, it says everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. I've learned a couple things about control freaks. I'm not really a control freak. But in certain areas I am, which is really weird. But I've learned some things that control freaks, did you know they worry the most? I feel bad for them. Like if you didn't feel the need to control this, you would have a whole lot less worry in your life. And, and I've learned that the fear of losing control or not being in control that they think they have robs them of their peace and their joy. I think if I can just control this person, this outcome, this situation, this relationship, this, this, this thing, then, then it's going to be okay. And then that, that will bring me peace and the whole world, to be quite frank, will be filled with peace if I could just control. But did you know the opposite is actually true? That the more you try to control, the more you feel out of control. I say it one more time. The more you try to control, the more you feel out of control. You know why? Do you know why? Because you do a terrible job of playing God. You're no good at it. So let God be God. God knows a few more things than you. He knows something about tomorrow. He knows something about next year. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's in control. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful. We don't have to, you know, we worry too much because we trust God too little. And I started thinking, you know, your need to control is not only one of the reasons you're anxious, but it's one of the reasons you're miserable. And you, you keep praying, oh God, just give me the peace that surpasses all understanding to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. God, give me the peace that transcends all understanding. And like, you can keep praying, you can keep praying, you can keep praying, you can keep praying. God, give me the, but dude, <laughs> let God be God. Let him take over. You get out of the way. You get out of the way. Give it to God. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your peace today. God, we thank you for your peace. We just sang about your presence. In your presence, we find peace. God, we're grateful. We're grateful. God, we don't take for granted your power, your peace, your presence. God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, I pray for those today that are here and they've just been going through it. God, they've been going through it. Life is, God, life is just hard. Life is hard. It's full of drama. It's full of trauma. It's full of pain. It's full of problems. It's full of question marks. God, it's easy to just default to anxiety and worries. But God, we want to cling to your word right now. God, we're not going to worry about tomorrow. We're not going to worry about it. God, because we're going to get out of the way. We're going to let you handle it. We're going to let you handle it. God, you do what you do. Be God. Be in control of our lives, our families, our children, our grandchildren. God, you're in control. You're in control. And we trust you. We trust you. We tell you today, we, I trust you. Would you say that out loud? I trust you. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. Say it again. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. If you're here today, maybe you've never trusted God as your Lord and Savior. Listen, it's time to stop trying to play God in your own life. Trust God. Trust God. Give him your life today. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ today. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. John three sixteen. that God loved the world so he loves you so much. That he gave his one and only son to die for you. To pay the price. Died a ransom for your, for your sins. Today, if that's you, say, God, I want to I trust you as my savior today. I want you to pray. I want you to pray with your, with your mouth, with your heart, with your mind. God, today, I trust you with my life. I trust you as my Lord, as my savior. I want to become a Christian today. God, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying for me. I pray that I learn to live for you. God, we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. We all say amen, amen, amen. amen. Impact Church family, I love y'all. 8.30 service. I hope you have a great week. And we'll see you this week. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.